0: welcome back to off the shelf here on breadbox media i'm your host pete socks a catholic book blogger and today with us we have david wooten he is a father of four who is devoted to his marriage and family He has struggled through many obstacles, but with faith he has found ways to endure. David's battle with addiction, his family life, and his desire to keep faith simple come together in a style that is conversational yet challenging in his latest book. David's a John C. Max well certified trainer, coach, and speaker. And you can find the book we're going to talk about today on his website, davidwooten.com. The name of that book is Meeting Homeless Jesus, A Journey from Believing to Knowing. Welcome to the show, David.
1: Well, thank you, Pete. I really appreciate you having me on. Great to be here.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. So I'm going to give you a soft toss question here to start. Um, You're a first time author. Why this book? Why did you feel compelled to write it? And what do you think readers can get from it?
1: Wow, that's that's a beautiful question because I think it really goes into what the book is about. You know, these events that that are discussed in the book happened, and I was had a friend over to my office and I was, he was supposed to do some business work with me. And I was telling him where we were business wise and just kind of let him know we were putting him off for a little while. And my wife left the room. And so I told him about one of the, uh, the last of big event that happened in this homeless Jesus story. And he put everything aside. He goes, I'm not here to talk business. I'm here to talk about that and to get you to tell this story. <laughs> and uh, my wife came in and I'm telling her what he said. And and I'm like, y'all really think people want to hear from me? And my wife is like, David, absolutely. How many times do I have to tell you that there, you know, God's pushing you? And so after the third time asking it, she finally goes, you know what? No, don't do anything. Just be like Jonah and see what God, how God's going to push you next. <laughs> and, and that was actually a catalyst for me to go, you know what? Maybe I don't want to know, because, you know, I the Holy Spirit and this whole process has moved me through. And, and in the book, you know, I I talk about a lot of different things in the book, but the, to me, the miracles have been the responses, you know, people telling me, coming to me and talking to me about, you know, some women that have told me after their husbands hearing my story, they had spiritual matter talks like they've never had in their marriage, or it's at least been years since they've had them. Uh, Men have opened up to me about things that You know, I've just shared the story with them and they've opened up to me and said, I've never told this to anyone before. I'm not even sure why I'm telling you now Um, and been in a place I've had the opportunity to pray with people before surgery that came as a result of this. And 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 so so the why was I genuinely felt like the Holy Spirit was pulling me to do it is is the main reason why. And there's a whole lot of events that happened that gave me that, you know, that inclination. Mm
0: -hmm. So somewhat of a backdrop to the rest of our conversation today, and you allude to this in the the subtitle of the book, what is the difference between believing in God and knowing God? What have you found that to be?
1: Well, for me, it comes out in talking with other people. And and when people talk about beliefs, a friend of mine asked me, they said, you know, I see you living your faith and I want to be able to do that. And to me, your faith is what you know. It's, it's, it's mixed with some of what you believe, but what, it's what you know, because we all live our faith. Because if we truly know that being wrong to the person in front of us is wrong, and we know what the consequence of it is, and we, we, that, that faith is at that level, that it's a knowing, um, that's not what we're gonna do. And I'm not saying I'm not guilty of sinning and even doing things against what I think I believe or think I know. Um, I, we all do but it's a great measure measuring stick for knowing where our faith really lies is look at the actions of our day how did we respond to the people God put in our path that day and so belief for me is a belief I believe it's strong but it's but it's but it could be subject subject to change you know mm-hmm. if somebody gave me proper evidence and proper, once I know something, because not only did I learn it from a maybe a theological and educational perspective, but it, I combine that with an experiential perspective, and it becomes a knowing that, you know, there are things that no one—there was a time that people might have been able to convince me God wasn't real. Now, to be honest, there was probably a time I might have tried to convince you that God wasn't real. <laughs> but, you know, so, and, and so in, in my growth in faith, uh, I started— Really, but then things happened, and it was based off of the experiential events that happened, along with the theology, along with the education, along with the church teachings, the things that I that I learned, and I began to believe that it set down as a knowing. And you know what? A knowing is so much more peaceful. I think that's how you know the difference between is this just a belief, or it is a knowing. If I'm mm-hmm. if I'm still questioning the matter, even though I'm willing to say okay. You know, precepts of the church. There are different things that in the church, not the precepts, but there are things that that people teach in the church that may not be full church teachings or they might be. You know, for me, a long time, the whole idea of the uh, birth control, I, I just couldn't get it in my head. I couldn't make sense for me why God, why that was so big on the church. You know, I had other arguments. But when I came back to the church, that was one of the things I was like, okay, I'm not using birth control. My wife and I were active family planning. So we had two more boys. Apparently that's how it works, mm-hmm. but uh <laughs> and then, you know, but, but we were looking at, but I said, you know what, but that's what the church is teaching me. And so right now I'm going to focus on other things. I believe it. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to suspend my doubt and believe it, but experience with having those two boys and how God brought incredible, not just joy, but purpose into our lives in so many different ways through having those boys, I see now, I know now that that was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. I'm just grateful I was willing to suspend the doubt so that I could experience it.
2: hmm
0: So... In the book, um, you start with this story, and, and as you allude there, it's all about experiences, and not just for you, but for everybody. Um, but you start off with this story about hand warmers. And what I thought was kind of eye-opening about that whole scenario was the fact that um, each of us needs to be aware of those around us, um, somewhat of a situational awareness, so that we can clearly see who is indeed in need. Um, can you speak to that story a bit and, and what what it kinda of taught you and how it set things up um for the rest of the book.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I got the hand warmers first of all out of out of out of a matter of feeling guilty not helping someone, so I bought a whole box of them. Then I had nothing to I couldn't figure out what to do with. <laughs> and then I, I see this uh this guy walking down the road. I, I assumed he was homeless. He was carrying two bags over his shoulder. You know, he, he fit the description anyway. And and my wife was on the phone with me and I was in the truck and she's on the phone and and I said, Hey, hold on. I gotta, I gotta give somebody something. So I kind of went around the corner and a guy comes up and, and I gave him, uh, these hand warmers. And, you know, when I handed it to him, it was kind of funny cause he, he he grabs him and he says, you eat that. And I pulled him back and I said, no, 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 you don't eat that. Please don't eat that. And I told him what they were. And he started talking. I asked him, you know, I asked him, you know, so how you doing? And he just started talking and I couldn't understand most of what he was saying. His eyes were darting everywhere. And eventually I had to go and, uh, you know, wished him luck. Uh, God bless you. Good luck. And he turned around, and then he, all of a sudden he turned right back at me, and he stares me, just pierces me, and he he says, one of these days you won't know when, you won't know where. You're going to find yourself in trouble. Don't worry. I've got your back. And then, boom, as soon as he said that, his head jerked to the side, his eyes started darting again, and and, and he was off. And I I just, the wind was knocked out of me. I couldn't breathe. (laughs) I, and my wife comes over the phone in the truck and she's, she goes, what was that? And I said, I, I think Jesus just told me he had my back through a homeless man. And and I knew it. I believed it. I knew that that's what that was. And within five minutes, I was already talking myself down to, well, you know, he didn't have anything else to offer but his word, right? So uh, <laughs> so in, in doing that, but what it started off was this story is not about me and it's not about the homeless man. All I did was give a guy pair of handwallers. All he did was give me his word, you know, was give me what he had, an an offer of assistance, right? And but it ended up that he showed up in my life in very distinct ways and very distinct times, you know, that did it. And and to me that's the real message of of being actively open to the Holy Spirit is that it takes it usually takes action. It usually takes something on our part to 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 lose ourselves, to surrender. Or, you know, just to be open and willing and an act of charity can be it, an act of humility, can be it any of the virtues, you know, and and that opens us up to be actively participant with the whole, participating with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's 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 what I'm hoping the message of the book brings.
0: Yeah. Another thing that jumped out at me about that story was that oftentimes we kind of, um, dwell on our shortcomings. Your whole point in buying the whole box of those hand warmers was because you kind of ignored getting the one for the guy that was right there at you at the time. Um, so how do, and we tend to get stuck in these ruts with looking at our failures. How do we overcome that without, um, getting grandiose about it, I guess is the word I want to use.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I believe in, you know, um, and in, in my experience at least tells me, and, and, and granted, I know experience is only anecdotal to the person, right? But but in talking with others, everything else as well, uh, that that looking at it, that that's the key. When, when I went to write the book in, in towards the back, I talk about, you know, finding ways to be to to do things like giving out hand warmers. And my friend, uh, Deacon Scotty, he said, David, be careful of not trying to set people to create a specific habit. Mm-hmm. In other words, and, and so for me, it wasn't, but I realized what he was saying is that what, you, what we don't want to do is we don't want to say, Oh, I did this. It feels good. I'm going to, it felt good. I got an experience out of it. I, I know the Holy Spirit was in it. So I'm going to keep doing the exact same thing all the time. Well, what happens then, I believe, is we lose contact. It becomes the, the solution instead of listening for the Holy Spirit to touch us in our lives. You know, I, I, I don't know if it's colloquialism, but the ping of the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, just feeling that ping, feeling that call, feeling that, okay, I'm being, well, I get that quite a bit. One of the things I do, and I don't recommend anybody do this, it's something I do, I'll be driving along, and I'll see somebody, and now I'll see, I'll go weeks, months, or a day, and this not happen. But all of a sudden, I'll see somebody, and I just know that person's, I'm giving that person a ride. And that thought will come ahead. I'm giving him a run. And it's like, there's, I can't shut it down, so, I, so I'll go give him a run. And I have met some of the greatest people. I, I met a, a man who offered me all the money he had because I gave him a run. Now, it was only $2, but it was everything he had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I met a guy who walked to two jobs so he could send his son to private school and not buy the car.
2: Hmm.
1: You know, wow, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Right, I, and, and and many many other people, and people struggling with life for whatever reasons, and also trying to find hope, and, and doing those things, you know. Um, but but I don't go around looking for people to kind of get that back to you because I know then it becomes about David trying to fulfill something versus listening to the Holy Spirit call me to do something.
0: Mhm. It becomes a checkbox type thing.
1: Right, right. And don't we do the same things even with the sacraments? We can do the same things, and not to speak ill of the sacraments. I love them all, right? But but, but if, if, if we're going to confession, and the only reason is that we're not trying to be closer to God and be part of His experience and be with God, but we're just trying to make sure we're clean, you know, eventually it becomes a ritual. Now, I'm told it's still effective, right, as far as it actually cleans your slate. Mm-hmm. But what you got out of it, that time that you went in, you know, I went to a That Man Is You conference, and I saw this about you. Uh, Father Larry Richards was here,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I was going to see him, and I was late, and I was running in, and I saw the sign that said, Confessions Upstairs, and next thing I know, I'm going up the stairs, right? And it was the first confession I had given in years, and it was the first maybe really honest <laughs> confession I'd given in my life. <laughs> and I just put it, and man, I walked out of there, and I went and listened to the rest of Father Larry, Be a Man, yeah, and... Uh, and just like, it just charged me to no end. Right. But, but if I'm just going, if I'm trying to just get that feeling, and it's not about being open to God, it's not about being honest. It's not about being sorry for what I've done. You know? Yeah. It might be effective in, in, in that supernatural state, but it's, but it's not going to give me what, you know, it's not going to be as fulfilling for sure.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And, and one of the things in the book that I think jumps out, um, at least to me as I read through it, was, you t- and you touch upon this throughout the book, through the different experiences you bring up, why is it important for us to know that God's with us even in the little things, and what are some ways we can remind ourselves of that? Maybe not actively, uh, as you said, trying to search because we may not find, but how does he pop up, and how have, have you found he popped up throughout the different experiences you relay in this book?
1: Yeah, well... The. One of the responses I got was a guy who called me after reading the book and he's a guy I knew in high school and I haven't seen him since, but he saw somebody post about the book. So he got it and he called me up and he told me he had been going through a really hard time. Him and his wife had been having problems and he said it it helped him see that how important those little things were because he had been begging God for a miracle fix his marriage, you know. Uh, I think one of them was struggling with illness and, you know, so, you know, make me well, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And, and we all want to do that and, and look, pray for it and, and, and and expect it. The Bible tells us to do that, you know, but at the same time, your will be done. And, and he, and he said it helped him remember to look at the small things. So, you know, for me, it's the same way. If, if I can't see God in the interaction with my son, then, What's it going to take? How big of an event is it going to take for me to see him in anything else? You know? um, And, and so when we are, when we humble ourselves and we perform true acts of charity, then the the result in my opinion is, is just unbelievable. Um, We can see it when I take the time to not worry about, you know, I'm talking a lot here because this is what this is about. Mm -hmm. When I take the time to ask somebody when, when, and and that's one of the things i try to encourage people to do when you do charity for somebody you give somebody something you go you serve at the at, at the food bank whatever it is that you do try to take some time to ask somebody how they're doing let them just tell you and you don't have to give them advice you don't have to and and for me that's one of the places uh, it's so easy to see god when I'm talking to somebody that that is struggling and look, this can be a really rich person struggling with their marriage or struggling with what they're supposed to do with their kids or struggling with, it doesn't matter. It could be a poor person that doesn't know where they're going to eat tomorrow. Um, It's it shows me how all this we are all the same and how much God loves us inside of those moments, inside of those moments that include us running our ego, running a muck, right. And doing that. So, so that's, to me, that's when I see him is when I humble myself and allow the other person to just be. I see me and I see God in them, in in those in those um, activities or communications so clearly.
0: Mm-hmm. The the thing I think that's so great about the book is I talk to a lot of authors. Uh, you know that you you reached out to me about this book um, and hooked me up with it to check it out, which wasn't even on my radar. I didn't even know you had a book out. Um, so a lot of those folks I talk to, you know, they have theology degrees or whatever. You're you're an ordinary regular guy, just like me. You own a business, but you're you're out in the field, getting your hands dirty, um, doing that business. Um, that's what kind of resonates for me, and it it speaks volumes to people listening uh, to this show that each of us, in our own way, can evangelize in our own in our own small ways, in our own small corners of the world. Can you speak to that a bit?
1: Yeah, I think, and I think that's, that's big on my, what I, what I'm hoping, you know, people do see in me, whether they read the book, whether they hear me talk or anything is, is that, you know, and, and I say it, maybe it sounds, I don't know, hypocritical. You don't have to be the speaker. You don't have to be the the guy out there. It's, it's in doing those small things that happen. You know, one of the things that, hit me so strong after i started writing the book and i and i and i do mention it in the book some is is the woman at the well and how even christ he loved who the father put in his path right Mm -hmm. he didn't go he didn't go and like he didn't even Really set up the 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 big events, right? It was because people were coming. It's because that's who was there, and and so he so he found a way to communicate to them. He loved who was in his past, the the woman who touched his cloak, you know, all of that. And and we will get, you know, and and I'm very guilty of this, and and, and I like to say, I used to be, and I'm not anymore. I'm less now, but we we'll we will push our family aside because well, we got to go serve. And, you know, I made a covenant with my wife and God that the family was first, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, that the family was that the family that we were family, that we were that this was a sacramental thing, that this was a covenant between us. And and I've got a responsibility that whether I think so or not. Now, that doesn't mean I can't go do things. It doesn't mean we can't be away for our family at times. But it does mean that I need to show proper attention to them and 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 do those things and serve right there. And I, and I'm afraid I kind of got off. Of, I think I went on a tangent there, but.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It, that's that's a good point. Um, yeah, we need to understand our priorities in life and where we are at. And, and how we, you know, we only have 24 hours in the day and, you know, eight of that should be sleep. <laughs> that's yeah, so they and, say. well,
1: you know what, and some of, and, and some of it is, is like some people, but I got to work. You don't understand, I got to work. No, that's beautiful. So how, how are the interactions with the people that you work with? And I'm not talking about, are you going out there saying, hey, Jesus is going to save you, Jesus will save you, turn your life over to Jesus. I'm not saying necessarily anything wrong with that, although it'll push a lot of people away um, sometimes if that's where you start. But if, are you showing them what it means to be patient? Are you showing them what it means to be kind? Are you showing the people that you work with what it means to love your enemy and your neighbor? You know, are we doing those things? And if we're doing those things, then somebody's going to come up to you and go, man, I see how you handle those situations with our boss who's a jerk. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> how, do you, how do you keep so calm? How do you? Well, because I put God first and I know that regardless of what happens here, he's got my back
0: hmm And that's a great place for us to stop today. David, where can people find your book, Meeting Homeless Jesus? A Journey from Believing to Knowing?
1: Well, they can find it on Amazon. Uh, my website is uh Davidwooten.com and Wooten is W O O T O N. Um no E's in Wooten. And uh and there's a place there you can purchase it. E- either either is fine. And uh and that's right now that's the two main spots.
0: All right. Well, David, uh, that's all we have time for today. I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and spending it with us. Any closing thoughts?
1: Yeah, if if I can. Like I said, I think my mission is to help people become actively open to the Holy Spirit. Is that if anybody out there is stuck trying to figure out how to feel the Spirit of God, uh, you know, we're in a hurricane area. Uh, I tell people, if you're working on your own house and you get too frustrated, go down the road and help somebody else, even though you need to be working on your house, go help them down the road and you're going to see God in it. You're going to feel God in it. So, so if you're trying to feel God, just, just rely on the person of charity, and kindness, on love. With that, you're listening to Off the Shelf, on your own
0: Redbox Media. I'm your host Pete Socks, a Catholic book blogger. And until next time,